You are listening to Dayton Daily News, The Path Forward, a podcast where we discuss the most pressing issues facing our region and seek solutions. I'm your host, Dayton Daily News reporter, Jordan Laird. In this episode, we will be discussing racism as a public health crisis. the nickname of Twinkle as like a star. My son was four, Jameson at the time, and he would sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to her all the time. And people would ask what's her name and he would say Twinkle. (laughs) And we would kind of say that's not her name for telling people that. But we now have come to believe that he knew she would be a twinkle in the sky versus a Shiloh here on Earth. That was Courtney Alston of Tip City. In 2016, she gave birth to her fourth child, a healthy baby girl named Shiloh. She was here, happy, healthy, safe, and everything was wonderful. Did everything that I was supposed to do. I had been a mother for 14 years at that time. On a Saturday morning at three weeks old, we woke up to her not breathing. And at the moment, we kind of thought it was, you know, sleep. You don't think death. For reasons that are not well understood, Black and other non-white babies are more likely to die from sudden infant death syndrome. Wake up, wake up. You know, of course, called 911 and did CPR, and Mm -hmm. we got to Children's Hospital, and they declared her deceased. Black babies in Montgomery County and across Ohio die at rates more than double that of white babies. The problem affects Black families across income and education levels. Alston graduated from Meadowdale High School and Wilberforce University. She's married, and she's a human resources professional. The Dayton Daily News recently launched a new Path Forward project on race and equity. The well-documented poorer health outcomes for our Black residents are some of the clearest indicators of the effects of racism. It is wrong uh, that in Ohio today, the overall life expectancy of African Americans, Ohioans, is four years shorter than of white Ohioans. It's wrong that African-American Ohioans have a higher rate of heart disease, higher rates of hypertension and diabetes. It's wrong that our African-American citizens are two and a half times more likely to live in poverty and African-American children in Ohio are three times more likely to live in poverty than their white brothers and sisters. That was Governor Mike DeWine speaking in August. In the past year, the coronavirus pandemic's disproportionate toll on minorities and massive protests following the death of George Floyd brought renewed attention to racial disparities. This led numerous governments and institutions across Ohio to declare racism a public health crisis. That includes Governor DeWine, the Montgomery County Commissioners, Dayton City Commission, and the Montgomery County Health Department. The Miami Valley Regional Planning Commission considered such a resolution, but it ultimately failed. Here's their president, Brian Martin. My board wasn't ready to do that. I thought, well, it is. The governor says it is. The city and county say it is. But okay, we're not public health. Mm-hmm. We're not a health entity, so it's okay if it's taken out for us. Yeah. Sounds like it was a semantics kind of, thing for some people. It, it was, and... Um, In the middle of a pandemic, people weren't ready to go there. (laughs) You know, for some, it was like confusing the issue. You know, no, the true health crisis is 
COVID-19. Mm. That's right there right now. Well, racism is right here right now, too. So what does declaring racism a public health crisis mean? And what should it mean? How the way the community is organized literally uh, causes violence or deteriorates the health of mm-hmm. some members of the community. That was Sinclair sociology professor Amaha Selassie. He says, to understand racism as a public health crisis, we first have to understand social determinants of health. You know, zip codes determine life expectancy. And especially locally, uh, race has a huge factor of where you end up uh, living. So areas that are primarily African-American have been historically disinvested. But it's also looking at, like, how race impacts uh, education, race impacts uh, housing quality, exposure to lead, exposure to toxins, asthma, cancer, life expectancy, as I said, uh, education access, access to transportation, access to fresh food. That's why we're going to the Gym City Market. Dr. Alonzo Patterson, a black pediatrician in Dayton, shared this analogy. Some physicians come upon a um, river and they, they notice children in the river and they are in a quandary on why these children are floating down river and they see a huge waterfall at the end of the river. And so physicians start kind of jumping in and doing something to save the children and to prevent them from going towards the waterfalls. And the um, public health person starts running in the opposite direction and everybody's wondering why, where are they going? Uh, and they said they're going to, they're going upstream to figure out why the kids are falling into the river. Those reasons why they fall into the river is also referred to as the social determinants of health. Is, is it because they don't have uh, access to good housing? Is it because um, they don't have access to education and their parents don't have access to jobs? Is it because they don't have access to healthy food and stable environments in the communities that they live in? All those kind of social things that happen in society uh, that can contribute to the stability and a child's ability to move through life. And it's not just for children, but, but also for adults. Compared to their white neighbors, black Miami Valley residents are at greater danger of falling over the waterfall. If you want all the data that proves this, go to DaytonDailyNews.com forward slash path dash forward and read my previous stories. So what are the reasons black residents fall in the rushing river? And how do we stop it? Healthcare is one piece of the puzzle. Dr. Patterson says we need to improve access to medical care, especially in Dayton, which is home to many of the region's black residents. Reem Ali, vice president of the Health Policy Institute of Ohio, argues that improving health care is not enough. Inequities in things like jobs, housing, and education can impact health. Here, Ali talks about the issues disadvantaged mothers face. If mom is worried about where she's going to sleep or where baby's going to sleep, or how she's going to be able to get food, or how she's going to be able to get to her doctor's appointments, or even her job for that matter, then those are the issues that, that we need to address first, right? And, and then, you know, we can talk about the, the care coordination aspects that, that also are important to have. Ali says racism can also directly impact health. So, of course, racism contributes to those disparities that you see in income and education. And racism directly impacts health. 
So it, there's a lot of research about trauma and the impact of toxic stress. And so if on a regular basis you face microaggressions or you interact with people and you face racism and discrimination, over time that actually has a negative impact on your biological, your physiology. Um, and what, what research has shown is that actually can be passed across generations. She argues to really get at the cause of infant mortality and other health problems for minorities, Ohio has to make a big shift. And in order to really see a change in these, these racial disparities, there needs to be significant investment in um, policy change that impacts communities and environments. Broad-based population health, housing, um, transportation, employment policy change that usually requires significantly um, higher amount of, of investment than some of the other uh, low-hanging fruit. And I think when we once we get to a place where those investments are being made, and then again, they're being made in specific to Black and African-American Ohioans, so it's reaching Black and African-American Ohioans, that's when we're going to start to see some real change. This has been The Path Forward. Visit DaytonDailyNews.com slash path forward for more from our investigative team. If you want to support local journalism like this, head to subscribe.DaytonDailyNews.com. I'm Jordan Laird. Join me next time as we continue to explore the path forward for Dayton.